tonight, uh, we're going to be talking about our role in the body um, and heating that up. So if you guys remember, and I want to just keep heating this up because we want to stick with these kind of four uh, 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 kind of paths toward for our church. The number one thing that we talked about was just heating up these intentional Jesus-centered friendships. And then this morning, Tori did an awesome job talking about heating up, investing in families and in marriages, okay? So tonight, we're going to talk about uh, how we want to focus on people's individual role in the body and on developing that as a church. Um, Because we've all, um, I think we all know pretty well what our strengths and weaknesses are as a church. No one thinks our weakness is that we are, like, involved and we care, Uh, and that we are full of heart. But I think plenty of people know that sometimes, like, on the efficiency, structure, effectiveness kind of end, we like to let things run, you know, pretty loose around here, which is not a bad thing. There's good strengths in that. Uh, But we want to talk tonight about how we might uh, uh, do better uh, as a church in that. And I think there's no better intro to talking about role in the body than talking about our eldership, and specifically Danny, John, and Jack, uh, and their service over these last two plus two decades plus to our church, these are men that have uh, been an, an amazing resource to our church in the way that they've loved people, the way that they serve people, the way that they build them up. You know, whether it's Jack uh, and the, the many people in and around uh, the church, the people that have needed help in running that benevolence ministry and him just kind of knowing those people. Not anyone that's worked at church for more than a year has had some random person come to the door in the middle of the day, some person that was in need, and they're like, where's Jack? <laughs> because they know Jack, and Jack, Jack talks to them. He loves them. He creates relationships with those people. That's one of many things that he's done in our church, in addition to serve us in so many other ways, leading small groups and speaking words of wisdom on Sunday mornings. John McWilliams is an obvious one, and Tori kind of stole my thunder this morning, so thanks for that, Tori. Um, John McWilliams is an obvious one, uh, the way that he works so hard in our church uh, to take care not just of the building, but of the people as well. John's a guy that really cares. Uh, That is so obvious from uh, my time that I've gotten to to spend with John. My first stint was as a middle school and high school student, and now uh, as an adult, getting to see that uh, full, full circle has been great. The way that he welcomes people into his home, him and Marion, uh, welcome people into their home and serve them, uh, whether it's the pre-engagement counseling that they've done for so many different couples, uh, whether it's the, you know, John making sure that we have a permit to move our shed and that he's going to move everything in the shed and he's going to go uh, mow the lawn out there and he's going to go personally build the retaining wall for the kids' playground, that kind of stuff. That's a guy who takes care of stuff for us. He has shepherded uh, our church building and our church members really well, too. Uh, and, and Danny Welch, I'm literally just going in order that I see you guys, by the way, so that you don't know that there's no, no particular order. I'm going left or right here. Um, Danny, you know, is there, is there a more encouraging person that you know of and someone that, uh, that really can just kind of put some wind in your sails? I'm, I, I just love the, the random sermons Danny gives on any given Sunday morning that he's doing the shepherd prayer, and they're always welcome. I am always happy to cut off five minutes of whatever sermon I have, Danny, to hear what you've got to say, brother, because he's always got something that is just neat, uh, <laughs> you know, to, to share with people. 
Um, but what a, what a brother of encouragement. What about what, someone that loves people so, really, so well? And I think that's true about all three of you guys. And I'm going to ask them to actually come up and share a little bit too. Jack, if you want to kind of start making your way up here. Um, I just asked them to just kind of share a word of encouragement uh, with the church, share something that, you know, has been special to them about their time uh, as elders in the formal capacity, because we want to make really clear, they're not going anywhere. They are still going to be up there praying for us on Sunday mornings. <laughs> yeah, Jack couldn't even make it that far if he was going to go that, go somewhere, you know what I mean? So... <laughs> Um, they're very much going to serve in that capacity with our church still. We love them deeply. They are still around. Same thing with Ron. I know a lot of you say, uh, how's retirement going? That's not a thing. Uh, he's never going to retire. He knows that. Um, and so, yeah, I'd encourage you guys to continue to build the map in that way. But I'm going to yield the floor here to Jack so that he can kind of share a few words with us. Here, Jack. That's all you better. Well, um, you know, I started to write something uh, when I heard that we were supposed to say something. I thought, no, I don't want to do that. I just want to, uh, I just want to say what, over whatever the Spirit wants me to say to you tonight. Uh, uh, I think Peter told me one day, he said, you're always saying funny stuff up there. And I said, well, it's supposed to be funny. I don't know. You know, sometimes it's, <laughs> sometimes it's taken to heart. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, being out here at this camp, having been to almost every one of them, uh, I just thought about all the people that I've done the walk and talk with through the years. They're not even here anymore, you know. Uh, they passed away a few years ago and, and how that all went. And uh, so... You say, well, you know, I think these things help those people. These things help those people with, in ways you don't know. I mean, when you walk and talk, you don't know. It's always been my experience that the thing that you say that was so good was nothing. Something that you said off the cuff that you didn't think anything about, they thought it was brilliant. Um, so I don't know how that works. The spirit works in strange ways. It knows that you need to say certain things that you don't always need know that you need to say. Uh, but, uh, you know, being an elder here uh, was certainly a privilege all the time. Uh, I, I didn't really feel like I had to change a whole lot to become an elder because that was just kind of what I, what I liked to do. Uh, that was what I did on my job. Um, you know, most of you know I worked at Plano East, we've had zillions of kids all those years. And so you have to, uh, uh, I tried to treat them, you know, the same way that I do you. And I always felt it was the same calling. Uh, I couldn't always preach to them and give them scripture, but I could certainly use a lot of scripture because none of them recognized it. <laughs> you know, they thought I was the one thinking that stuff up. They thought, wow, you really was. No, I just read what David said, King David or someone said about it, or Solomon. Uh, but uh, anyway, I do appreciate uh, the, the amount of uh, interaction that people, people have always shown us a lot of respect here, probably when we didn't deserve it. But uh, we did always try. I know me, me, John, Danny, and Ronnie always tried to make 
decisions that were that were what the Lord would want us to do. And sometimes you get criticized about it, and sometimes you second guess. You say, "I hope that was the right thing to do," but that's all you can do. Yeah. Uh, the you know the the Spirit gives us answers to those prayers. Um, I would say that you know the church as it moves forward has lots of challenges ahead. Uh, there, there's many, many, many things that can possibly divide the church in the future. And you know what a lot of those subjects are. And there's a lot of them that aren't even written yet that will be coming through technology and all that, things that pe decisions people have to make. And have to make. Um, I would remind you that I think the, the biggest problem that a church can have is, is warding off division. You know, a church that you can that can take 20 years to build can be broken apart in a week. It it's literally can break apart in a week, and people scatter everywhere. Uh, so every every member has to take it upon themselves to make sure that doesn't happen. That's good. And how do you do that? Well, you have to, you have to watch what you say. Don't believe everything you hear. You know. I think when we talk about faith, we not only have faith in God, but we have faith in each other. You have to learn to do that. You say, because they're perfect? No, no. They mess up. We fall short. But their heart is good. You know, that, that was what, uh, that was the reason the Lord loved King David so much, you know. It wasn't that he didn't make a lot of the same mistakes that the other kings did, but God said, you know, he always had my heart. Mm -hmm. And so when you're making your decision, try to have God's heart. That's good. Not your heart. <laughs> you know, not the news people's heart, but God's heart. What would God want you to do uh, in those situations? How does he want you to think and see people? And when you see people with God's heart, you have a lot of compassion. You have a lot of forgiveness. You have a lot of hope. Because you can see the change that's possible. I've seen people change just, you know, I can't believe it's the same person. Yeah. Well, but God can do that. He can mm -hmm. do it easily. So, yeah. uh, so I just would say I'm, I, would like, I appreciate you guys tolerating, you know, my bad jokes, <laughs> my long stories. <laughs> but, uh, but I do appreciate it. And if you would, let me just say a quick prayer. Okay. Lord, we just thank you for this time out here today. We know that everyone gets a little tired. They've been standing up and playing and talking all day, and I know that's tiring, but to realize that, that, those, that those times and these times are, are some of the things we remember most uh, through the years, the uh, times friendships are made and deeper understandings are found. And I'll just give you thanks for this church. I pray that you will be with her all the time and uh, give her strength and understanding and love and help her to grow and expand. As, she, as you've always allowed her to, to cross that. Amen. Amen. Thanks, John. We're going to have John Mack come on up. Uh, Jack, at least your jokes are better than Ronnie's. So, you know, we, we really appreciate that. You know? <laughs> Anybody that knows me uh, very well know that uh, uh, 
standing before a crowd and, and talking to them is, is really not my forte. Uh, I, uh, it's just not something that, uh, that I do very well. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, I think back, you know, a little over 20 years ago, and, and uh, the first time we came out to this camp, uh, we were over here in this little uh, chapel, and there was probably about 25 of us running, maybe. Yeah, 25, 30 maybe. I mean, uh, it, it, uh, it was just, yeah, it was, that, was, that was us. And then uh, uh, Marianne and I, we used to uh, uh, go t uh, out to UTD to focus on Friday nights and hang out there because uh, just to kind of fill up some seats because there were uh, maybe about 20 people. Uh, you know, there. And so I've been able to just uh, hang on for the ride. And, right. and, and what a great ride it's been. Uh, you know, I, uh, I always tried to do uh, uh, whatever, uh, uh, whatever needed to be done. Uh, I went to, went to camp. Uh, Teen camp for 14 years, and and uh, it just had a blast, you know. And, and watched that teen ministry go. Uh, in the early years, uh, we we took uh, oh I don't know maybe three vans, you know, up there, and then and then it got to be about 13 vans. And it was like, we can't do this. I mean, we can't do this. And so we, uh, uh, we decided, you know, we, we just got too big for those vans. And so we, we started taking buses. And so, you know, I, I've been able to, to just watch all of this grow. And um, it, it really exceeded my wildest dreams. I, I just couldn't have, have imagined, uh, Marianne and I, we get, we go to winter camp now, and, you know, there's uh, hundreds of <coughs> university students there from 12, 14, whatever campuses, and um, it's just been phenomenal. I mean, that's all I can say, and, and it's just, for me and, and, and for Marianne, it's just, it's just been wonderful to to, to watch the growth and and to see all the new people, uh, to to see multicultural, uh, uh, different cultural people uh, coming in and and uh, uh, it's like I, I, I just it's I'm, I sound like a broke record, but, but anyway it, it it has it's been a great ride and I. I really appreciate you guys letting me uh, serve. Uh, I, I never imagined myself uh, uh, as a, a, any kind of a leader, certainly not an elder, uh, but um, I, w I was asked, and it was like, well, yeah, how, how could I say no? And, and so I said yes, and, and uh, like I say, it's just been a, a, a wonderful ride and 
And I don't see anything uh, that tells me that this is not going to continue. Amen. Uh, and I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna uh, hang around and, until I can't hang around, you know. And uh, I just want to thank all you guys uh, for believing in us and and uh, for giving us uh, the opportunity to do this. So thank you. All right, Brother Danny coming up. Hear it? Grant does a better imitation <laughs> I love his baby brother. He used to get up in front of the church and just mock me to no end. And I was the one laughing the hardest. Whenever Tori was this morning, whenever she was doing her message this morning, she said, looking up there, you know, uh, on our website, it said, a place where hearts are turned to God and lives are changed. We were sitting in, the, we were sitting in that little conference room when Mark Royal said that 20-something years ago. And we never knew it was going to look anything like this, but God is so faithful. Ronnie and I look at each other all the time. We did it today. Man, here it is, guys. God did it. He did it. We had to believe in God, but we had to believe in him. <laughs> He's the one that brought it. Ronnie's the one that brought it. And, man, uh, I remember I had black hair then, so did he. <laughs> and, and you know, back, back then, we were, we were fairly young then. And I looked at this guy thinking, really? We're going to do what? With what, what? What about these college kids? But you know what? God had such, the Holy Spirit was so down on him that it got on us. It did. Because... He didn't convince us. God convinced us mm -hmm. that this guy has really got a message. Something I used to laugh at whenever I was a kid. God didn't talk to him. He don't do that. Yes, he did. And I mean, and I'm sitting here looking at living proof. Because like John said, there was just a handful of us. And 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 to me, Jack was the only one that was qualified. <laughs> me and John were out there going, what? <laughs> but this is all Ronnie had to work with, bless his heart. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? He'll tell you. Hey, and, and I got to tell you, uh, I'm a year older than Ronnie, literally by a few days. And uh, I wasn't going to say this, but then I, I, think it, I think he needs to hear it. I think you need to know. I mean, Ronnie has taught me more. He taught me that behavior is one thing. My daddy made me behave whether I wanted to or not. I could act like a Christian all day long because my dad made me. But Ronnie let me know you got to get the heart. You get the heart, you get the behavior. You get the heart, you get the behavior. You don't have to worry about behavior if you get their heart. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what the whole weekend's about. 
The whole weekend is about how sweet God has been to us. How God, how sweet God has been to me to have this many people love me. For guys to look at my phone and say, you don't know all those people. I said, personally, yes, I do. But that's just how sweet God is. And guys, with Garrett and Aaron and Kale, and just keep going. We've got more picks. I mean, back then, back then we were it. We were it. Now then, we've got guys all over the place. I knew John Ganster was going to be a, I knew he was going to be an elder back when. I told him one time in a Bible study, he'll be an elder. Because he got it. He got it. He came into the game kind of late compared to me, but, but he got it. He was trained. He was trained. He, he was showed who God really was. And, I mean, that's what this whole thing is about, is about, hey, just talk to one person you haven't talked to. Just talk to one and see where that goes. I mean, that means we would double, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the way all that works. But anyway, I say all this to say, man, it's been fun. It's been so, it's been so cool. Yeah. yeah, it's been so cool to get to to stand up here and be somebody with this church. And you made me that way. You believed in me, and that's what I say about these guys. I promise you, I put all my heart in them. I promise you, they're a lot better than we were. They know a whole lot more than we do. And they got Jeff to lead them. And they got Jeff to lead them. And there's no finer man in here than Jeff. I just pray that whatever happens, whatever, however good, however good, however bad, you go to them and you ask them what's going on or you encourage them. There's nothing like encouragement. It, 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 it lets us know we've done something right. It lets us know you're on our side. I mean, we know that. But it sure helps to hear it. Hey, guys, I love you, and I'm going to be here until God takes me home. And I hope I get to have my mind the whole time. I love you. You know, I was, uh, I was thinking as, as the three of them shared and thinking about what they've done for the church and how how little of what they do for the church is front-facing stuff and how much that they do is behind-the-scenes servant stuff. And I'm struck with the passage of Jesus saying, if you want to be the greatest, become the least. The least of all, the one who becomes the servant of all, that's the greatest in the kingdom. That's those guys. And that's so much of what we're going to talk about tonight in regards to role in the body the, the real leaders among us are not just those who get up on a Sunday and preach. Uh, the real leaders among us are the ones who actually serve and build up the church. And for, for all of those guys, it, it hasn't looked like being the front-facing, you know, the face of the church and that kind of stuff. But those are the guys that you call whenever you need someone to go visit someone in the hospital. That's who we call. Whenever it's fixing uh, the fire, uh, the fire escape sign, or the fire, whatever that thing is called, the light and the sign, John Mack. You know what I mean? And benevolence with Jack. You know, it's just that—that that is the spirit of our church. 
Uh, and that's the spirit that we want to, to keep moving forward for sure. So I want to draw our attention to 1 Corinthians 12, if you guys want to turn there with me. This is the premise of uh, what we talk about when we talk about our role in the body. For those of you that are relatively new to the faith, and it's a weird thing to hear that phrase, role in the body or whatever, um, we're not talking about rolling your body. We're talking about your, <laughs> sorry, I had to see Preston's reaction when I said that. Um, we are talking about your place in the church, who you are in the church and what you do for the church and you know, how you exist within it. Uh, I'm going to be reading uh, 1 Corinthians 12, and I'll start in verse 12. It only just dawned on me that my translation is not the translation that we normally do, so I will pull up a translation that we normally do, NIV. So I'm going to read that to us really quickly, because I think we'd be remiss to not read Paul's words, uh, these kind of seminal words to the church about our role in the body. Just as one body, though one has many parts, but all of its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part but of many. Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. For if they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable, we are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all prophets? Are all, are all teachers? Are all, sorry, are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. The, the vision that we want to sell to you guys as a church moving forward, is that our church would be a church full of people that know their specific roles in the body, that they're actively fulfilling that role or roles, and that they're growing and developing in it. I want to say that again, okay? Our vision for the church moving forward 
is that everyone in our church, everyone that is a committed member in our church would know what their specific role is in the body, that they would actually know that because of giftings and because of their, uh, where they uniquely fit and where needs are for sure, that they would know that role, that they would be very active in actually being that role, and then that they would be growing and developing in that role. If you think about a body, think about the fact that a finger, if a finger is only a finger on Sunday, fails to be a very useful, useful finger. <laughs> right? Like, I'm a finger in the body, but only on Sunday for an hour and a half, because we've been keeping it pretty tight. Okay? <laughs> I don't want to hear any more complaining about that. Think about that. And not only that, but I'm sorry, if my finger stopped growing when I was my daughter's age, that would not work for me. My daughter's fingers are tiny. (laughs) We need fingers to grow. We need them to show up every day of the week. And we need them to know that they're fingers and not eyes. Otherwise, we'd be walking around like this. It wouldn't be exceptionally helpful to us, would it? I love that Paul uses the analogy of a body because he means it in, in... and almost something that is, is more than an analogy. He means it in a deeply mysterious way as well. I think oftentimes, though, our problem as a church is not that we're unwilling. It's not that we don't want to be active. It's just more of like, what's exactly my role? Like, I can do stuff. Like, you need me to take out the trash? Sure, I can do that. But I'm not a trash man. You need me to go study the Bible with that person? Sure, like, I can do that. You know, that's not a problem. It's like, but is that my role? Am I a Bible studier? Like, what's my role specifically? And I think, actually, Christians are meant to to yearn for that, to know that God wants to use them particularly in any given church body, and that they're meant to be fulfilling that role that's unique to them. Does that make sense? So that it's not just Tori who is cooking you know, the meals, you know, uh, at our church or taking care of food, whenever I know there's so many people in here that love hospitality and love cooking, God bless you. God bless you. I do not. <laughs> I need, like, there to be, like, a one-to-one how long it took me to make something and how long it took to eat it. That's, like, the perfect value to me. <laughs> if I can have that, like, three minutes to make, three minutes to eat, like, that's great. And the people that can spend hours preparing something that they eat in a few minutes, thank you. Just thank you for being you. I would never eat brisket if it weren't for that fact, okay? It takes way too much forethought. But there are people who are really gifted at that. There are people who love, they just love holding and snuggling babies. Well, guess what we got a ton of? Tiny babies, and these moms are tired as all get out. And you're like, what's my role? And the mom's like, I know a role you can play. (laughs) And we use that. It's not like we don't do that. Like, we talk to each other and we communicate. Marianne McWilliams used to take care of Jack when he was just a little one, when he was an infant. She would come over and watch him for hours out of the kindness of her heart. It was so helpful to us. Oh, my gosh. Any young parent that knows, just four hours, three hours, we're like, oh, my gosh, give it to me. I could go take a nap. (laughs) That's amazing, you know. Um, it's that we, we need to be able to grow in that as a church. So uh, number one the, one, the first thing I want to say tonight is that we're actually called to know our role in the body. That you personally are called to know what your role is in the body. 
and like I said, an affirmation is our, our church is incredibly active, super willing to serve and to help, very bought in. They don't have a, like, what are you doing for me shopper mentality. I don't sense that from anybody in our church at all. Willingness, 100%. I love it. It's great. And our church has done a great job at emphasizing the things that all believers should be active in. So some churches, when they speak about giftings and some uh, bodies, when they speak about giftings, they tend to pigeonhole people. And they're like, well, your main thing is that. You're actually not called to reach out to your coworkers and to continue to learn and grow as a disciple and to be obedient to Christ in other ways. We don't want to do that. I, I like the fact that our church creates as a baseline the call to follow Christ is about engaging in the Great Commission. It is about pursuing the Lord and worshiping and, and, and reaching out to people and developing purposeful friendships. Um, and, and I love that we've had so much flexibility in regards to roles. Uh, but the, the problem can be that pretty much anyone can do whatever they want to. We're kind of a church where someone's like, can I do this? And we're like, sure. <laughs> can I do this? Yeah. And the people that are not like super, like they don't take great initiative just because that's not like a great gift for them. Like if you're like, hey, let's brainstorm something. They're like, the, brain, the word brainstorm, they're like, oh no. <laughs> this is where I'm going to be exposed. I don't know how to brainstorm. Someone tell me what to do and I'll do it, but I don't like thinking of new ideas. Please don't make me do that. Please don't let me think creatively. That word is terrible. Like, because that's not, you know, they're gifting and that's okay, right? So otherwise, all we're going to end up having are super high initiative people that have this clear vision that end up going and achieving those things and doing those things for our church, we, and this is, when I say we, I mean our staff, and, and I mean the leaders in our church, want to do better for you guys in regards to uh, uh, creating these roles, creating some more structure so that people that have a gifting or that know a, like, that they have a gifting can come in and be like, oh, can I plug into this thing? I love hospitality. I want to be a part of that ministry. Or, oh, I, I, I love outreach. Like, I'm not great with all this other stuff, but, like, I'm totally willing to do this, that, or the other. Like, we need to create that for the church. And remember, this, 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 the sermons that we're doing this weekend are about our church looking forward and, and moving forward. This is one of the big ones for us that we really want to try to do. The vision is to have a church that's really firing on all cylinders, so to speak, uh, where each believer at our church is walked through a process in which they find out kind of what their giftings are and where the needs are in the church because those two things combine. If everyone is gifted at teaching and nobody is gifted at serving, then that's a problem, right? And so, and I, and I love that for me. Like my place on teams, I'm a gopher. I'm like, just send me where there's a need. So like this weekend, sure, like I'm happy to preach if I have to. I don't I don't really want to, but I'm happy to preach if I have to. But, you know, Jamie Ann has a lot on her plate. And so I was the figure out the church. Like, I was working spreadsheets and figuring out, you know, how much is church going to cost or how much, church, how much is church going to cost? How much is the retreat going to cost and getting people signed in and figuring out, you know, payment and warrants helping me with the retreat cost calculator. And, you know, I'm in over my head for sure, but I'm willing, very willing, Okay. And that's, I think, where a lot of us have to get to as well is it's a unique confluence of our giftings and the church's needs. And we elevate, though, the church's needs without negating our giftings. But many of us, when we're asked, like, hey, what are your giftings? Many of us, I think, would fail to recognize our giftings. Whether it's because of a mistaken sense of humility or just no one's ever sat down and been like, do you know what you're good at? And that you should do more of? 
which is a rare thing to experience. Well, we want to do that more. So we want to have everyone in our church walk through some kind of process in which they find out what their, their giftings are, where they connect with the right ministry in our church or whoever's doing that and leading that, and then there they are serving and actively being grown and developed in that capacity. That's what we want to do. That's a big undertaking, by the way. It's easy to say this. It's hard to do this. But we want you guys to know we are going to try like, we are really going to try to actually utilize the, the, the people power in this room. As Ronnie has said, we are rich in people capital. We're not rich in, like, money capital, but we're rich in people capital. And that's what's been what's grown our church. Not money, not big buildings, not stuff that's very impressive. It's the people that have grown our church. And if we can find ways more and more to develop that in our church, I think that, men, it really will take us into a, such a better place as a church, for sure. And remembering that they're going to do all this, that we want to do all this in addition to what we already have discussed as a church for many years is the basic DNA of good, healthy discipleship, which is what we talked about before, where you are not let off the hook for loving people and taking care of people and going and living the Great Commission. No, no, no. It's that plus what you get to do in the body, right? We all, and that, think of that if you need a blood flow or if you need an analogy for that in the body. Think of that like blood flow. Most of the parts, I don't know, if we're going to get into ligaments, that stuff. Don't, don't do that. Um, most of the parts need blood flow. That's the blood flow. That's remaining in the vine of Christ is being able to just follow him as a basic disciple. An example of this might be that someone that's really gifted in organization and planning may join an events team that we create specifically for things like this weekend. I keep thinking about how much better things like this weekend could be if it's not me, Aaron, Kale, and Tori that are the only people planning it. No offense to the four of us. We tried hard. We spent a lot of time. I want to make sure that you guys know that took a lot of time. As Danny said, it may not be impressive, but it's what we got. That's what we were working with. All right? Or maybe someone with the gift of teaching joins a team devoted to creating classes for people at different places in their faith and leading those classes. That would be cool. Kind of like what Sandra did with a, a, a book this summer. I thought that was really cool that she did that. There's tons of possibilities. There's so much potential in our church. But right now we have something like that and it's, it's kind of loose and could use more structure and clarity. So moving forward, we want to work on creating clearer categories, if you will, if you will, if you will, uh, if you will. And I think of it like the Harry Potter sorting hat. <laughs> we'll have everyone come up and we'll be like, what are you good at? And they'll be like, Gryffindor, I mean, service. And, uh, uh, lots of uh, Harry Potter analogies. Um, so until then, because it might be like, all right, we're in. We're just waiting on you. No, we agree. We have work to do as a staff to, to make that a reality. But until then, you've got homework, okay? Here's your homework. Ways that you're going to do that. Number one, I want you to really talk with God to him about what the role in our churches that he might want you to fill. And it's something that you might, and your heart level, be like, but I don't need something else to add to my plate. Being a finger is not adding something else to your plate. It's what you are. Okay? Maybe the other stuff that's already on your plate needs to get the boot, and you got to be a finger. Okay? Just because you like to draw faces on your finger and dress it up doesn't make that the main thing. Okay? (laughs) We need you picking stuff up. Number two. Talk with your small groups 
or people that you get time with one-on-one -on -one that know you pretty well, and I want you to just ask them the question. This is not a bad question. I've given you permission. You can tell them I gave you permission, and just ask them what they perceive are your giftings. That's so helpful to just be like, hey, what do you think, like if you had to say something, please don't say nothing. <laughs> if you had to say anything... And don't ask your spouse, because your spouse will be like, I know what I want your gifting to be, cleaning up the dishes. <laughs> right? Oh, that's weird that your gifting is sitting on the couch. <laughs> so I'm just joking. You can ask your spouse. If your spouse is willing to be serious about that and build you up and encourage you, they can say the right stuff to you. But ask them, say, what do you think are my giftings? And then ask them if they want to, to, to hear what you think about them as well in that. And then write those things down and be processing about that because we're going to need people besides us to lead these things, to spearhead these things uh, and these, these efforts to actually do this kind of stuff. Write them down and be ready to take advantage of opportunities when they arise. Okay, so that's number one. That's what we're called to know our role in the body. Number two, we're called to be active in fulfilling our role in the body. And as I said earlier Huge affirmation of this church. We have a super active church. I notice, like, whenever we ask, like, well, will you guys all do this? Like, unless you're talking to one another uh, and completely wrapped up in a cool conversation, you definitely help with those things, and we love that. One of the things that struck me as I arrived, uh, you know, about a year and a half ago now was how involved so many people are in so many things. Your small groups just kind of ran themselves. In fact, there'd be leader changes, and we didn't even know about it. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, this is a really autonomous uh, church. Like, others of our small groups, by the way, at our other churches, like, the staff helps people figure out who's going to even be in their small group. In our church, we're like, who's in what? I don't know. And when I ask, like, who's getting time with that person, expecting it to be no one, they're like, oh, this person, this person, this person, this person. Like, they're just, we are super active in community, and I love that. The problem that I sense is that our action, although we are high on action, we're not super high on organization, and we sometimes lack, sorry, <laughs> this is not all going to be just pats on the back. <laughs> sorry. Uh, our staff needs more than just a pat on the back as well. We also need kicks in the butt too, so we do it the same way. We tend to be fairly disorganized. We tend to lack higher levels of communication. Like a lot of people kind of just doing things and not communicating it as one of our problems. And, and I'm going to just say this uh, gently, we probably lack efficiency in some ways. <laughs> I'm going to leave it at that. All right? We probably lack some efficiency. And when I say efficiency, I don't mean like, uh, I just mean like exerting more unnecessary energy, like doubling down on two people doing the same thing just because they didn't talk about it. I don't mean like, like McDonald's efficiency, okay? Like I need, I mean something else. I mean a heart, a heart efficiency. Uh, an efficiency that's full of grace, but also like, yeah, maybe we should do something more, you know, I don't know, efficient than that. You know, something like that. Um, like I love the fact that we did two lines this time. Did you guys notice that? That's better efficiency. Whoever did that, good job. I don't know who did it. Tori, let's go, Tori. That's my girl. That's my girl, that's girl. And in those things, though, the staff will be the very first. Our pastors will be the first to accept responsibility in that because that starts with us. It starts with us being better at, at communicating. It starts with us being more concerned with uh, a good level of efficiency. It starts with us being more organized for sure. It's our job to set the pace in that, but we're trying to grow in it. 
Like, like I said, I want to be candid about where we're headed as a church and also where our, 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 our ministers are headed uh, with one another. We now meet every single week. We have planning sessions. We're creating clearer roles. We think that you've seen the fruit of it in different ways. Uh, in, in many different cases, we've heard a lot of good feedback in that. But we want to move the whole church in that direction in this coming year and in the coming years, hopefully, too. So the question is, What's it look like to be active in fulfilling our role in the body then? Well, number one, it looks like making that role a priority in our lives, which necessarily means it might take us away from other things that we've already said yes to, okay? We are really good at kind of farming ourselves out for things and acting like simply because we've made a prior commitment to those things, that that should stop us from committing to better things that we should commit to, as opposed to the bad stuff that we've already committed to, and it got grandfathered into what we do. So because we've made bad decisions about, like, the 50 different sports practices that we go to, or we have become addicted to, like, our children must go to bed at 7.30. Like, we have become so strict about all the things that we've decided to do beforehand where I'm like, wait a second, wait a second. There are times where I call upon my body in inconvenient ways, like playing basketball today, and my poor toe got degloved <laughs> because I was using bad shoes. Uh, the guys that played basketball saw it. I took off my shoe, and I was like, I feel something down here. And they're like, oh, because it's just, you know, that. Well, that was what happened to my toe today <laughs> because I asked of it something more than I typically ask of it in shoes that I don't typically ask of it from. And that happens sometimes in the body. It's not our job to always just protect our little part of the body that we are. Sometimes... God might use the body in ways that, natu- that, that necessarily mean strain in that body part. Have you ever lifted something heavy because you had to lift it? Yeah, that's a thing, right? Sometimes that happens in the body. Sometimes I feel called upon as a minister to lift stuff I can't lift. All I know is that person needs help lifting it. So I'm going to get in there, and if it hurts me, fine. All right? We need that mentality as a church as well. It's going to demand things of you as a body member sometimes to actually perform your role in the body. And you should know that's a baseline of what it means to be a part of the body. It's a good thing, not a bad thing. We need people that have got more grit with that. Loving God is feeding his sheep, and being active in your role in the church is the way to feed the sheep. Sometimes literally, if you're Tori and Juan. (laughs) So our pre-engagement couples, our small group leaders, our jam workers, our deacons, our staff, we have got to look at what it means to lean into our role in the body and to do that well. So that we shouldn't be saying no. If we're a pre-engagement couple, we shouldn't be saying no because we're a little tired. We need people to help teach people how to be married. Which, by the way, all you couples that have done pre-engagement, you know how helpful it is to your own marriage. Because it's really hard to sit across the table from them and be like, you should do this. (laughs) Definitely do this. Thank God they don't ask me if we do it. (laughs) Woo! Got out of that one. Like I said, that's number one about how we 
uh, look active in the body. Number two, we need as a church to start pursuing excellence more often. We need to pursue excellence more often. The scripture says to do everything as if working for the Lord. And a lot of times we're doing everything as if working for corporate America. <laughs> we are busy on our computer. Beep, boop, pop, 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 but we're surfing the web. Because we're on the corporate dollar. Or maybe worse. Maybe we're like, well, I'm a volunteer for this thing. They're getting what they're getting and they're not throwing a fit. And <laughs> That's even worse. We can't do that as a church. We need to pursue level, a higher level of excellence. We have to have a higher level of accountability for one another. And I say this in love, but we default to mediocre sometimes. We really do default to mediocre. And we've convinced ourselves that it's because, well, we're just volunteering at church. Once again, you're not volunteering as a finger. If you gave yourself to Christ, you are a finger 24-7. Just because you're not getting paid to be a finger, and I don't pay my digits you know, dollar amounts every day, I expect them to perform in their capacities in that. And that's as much for me as it is for you in that regard. We have to be people that pursue excellence and stop settling for mediocrity. One of our greatest strengths is how laid back and graceful we are, and we can keep that in regards to accountability. Accountability does not mean like, you didn't do well, try harder. That's not what accountability is. Accountability is asking some tough questions sometimes like, did you not plan for that? What do you think you need to do differently next time? Stuff like that. And I know that's not comfortable, but that's how you grow as a community in these things and in excellence. And I want you to ask me that question whenever I drop the ball. Because I'll be the first one to be like, I should have done this. I know. I want to try harder at it. I've had conversations with you like this, so I know you're comfortable with it. But be comfortable with each other about that as well. And your greatest strength is always your greatest weakness. Our weakness is that we haven't yet fully created a culture with enough accountability and desire for excellence Hence, why we had as a value communal excellence as a goal. That's why so many of you are like, communal excellence? What is that? <laughs> you mean like community chill or like what? Like, you mean like laid back community? Is that what you were going for? No, I meant community or communal excellence. We meant communal excellence. We want to be a community that when people show up to our church, there's a really clear path of how they get involved and people loving on them and people seeing that we're trying hard to do everything as if working for the Lord. And that if they want to get plugged in and serve, that we've got specific ministries that they can do that in. We want to talk with them. We want to keep our DNA in the heart of our church as this graceful, one-on-one, -on -one, like relationship-centered church. And we also want to add excellence and some more structure into it as well. I want to take that and add that as well. So it's not just about action, it's about quality action. We shouldn't give in to the thought process of, well, I'm not getting paid, or I'm just a volunteer, or whatever. We have to try as hard at everything as if we're working for the Lord. And this last thing. So the first thing, like I said, the first thing is we're called to know our role. The second one that we had Someone here, we're called to be active in fulfilling our role. And this third one is we're called to be growing in that role as a body. Remember the analogy of like, imagine my hand with June's finger. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, that's, that's, that's weird. Um, we don't want that. We want to actually be growing and developing. So of all my points that I had tonight, this is the one that is most on 
the leaders of our ministry and the least on, you know, the church. We are going to have to be the ones that kind of help develop and build that up. So it wouldn't be right for me to just get up here and be like, we're moving forward now. You've got to do this differently. I also want to point out that in all these things, we think we've got to, as, a, as leaders in the church, have to develop this as well. We need to create more solid opportunities to develop the people that serve in our church. We need to do more developing of the staff themselves, small group leaders, deacons, jam workers, worship team, everybody. We need everyone to have a sense that they're being developed actively. We want to do that, that they're being developed. And that doesn't mean that you have like one top dog doing that. It can mean oftentimes peer-to-peer that they're being developed in that way, that we're sharpening each other, that we're calling each other to, to, to more work in faith and because of Christ. What that requires of you is to make room for that and then be devoted to growing in your role in the church. Do you know how hard it is to have a meeting where everybody can come to the thing. <laughs> have you ever tried to create a meeting for 15 people in our church that don't already have that in their schedule? Good luck. They're like, well, I'm out, or I got this, or I got that. And I get that. I, am, I totally get that. I feel your pain. But we need people to ask themselves, ultimately, is the thing that they had already planned more importantly because they had already planned it? Or is their role in the body more important than that? Or are they developing in that role more important in that? We do not need hesitant feet when we need to run. Your role in the body is important and not just some optional serving opportunity. It's not extracurricular to have a role in the body. It is essential and foundational. What it may look like is everyone serving and fulfilling some role is given regular opportunities, whether meetings, trainings, etc., to grow and develop in that role, to take on new things, to grow in understanding, and then to help lead and to raise up other leaders in that area of ministry as well. We need to have that same kind of vision in regards to our different uh, uh, areas of, of ministry. I'd love to see what Jam has been doing and how much Jam has grown over the years at the helm of Blake and now Emily, and just watching how they're trying more and they're doing more. I was having a lunch uh, with, with a guy a, a couple weeks ago, and he was talking about how he went to this Jam meeting. He was like, I was, not, I was expecting them to just be like, here's what you do, you play with the kids, blah, blah. But he's like, I felt poured into. And I'm like, whoa, that's the vision right there. What if people weren't just like going back and taking care of kids for an hour and a half and trying to make it through it? What if they began to develop a vision of of flourishing for children at our church and they started wanting to do more to help lead and raise up other people in that and to grow in their own understanding of that regardless of where they're at in life? That kind of stuff is what I'm talking about. And it also may look like them getting regular time with the leaders of that ministry so that they can get direct feedback and be led to growth, because that's accountability. We as a church have got to do more in the realm of feedback. You've got to do more in the realm of being like, yeah, that's great, but like, can I push back on that some and ask you a tough question? Why not? Or why? Or whatever. Like, oh, I don't have time to get with people one-on-one because I'm really busy with work. Okay. All right. Good excuse to you? Smiles. Good excuse or bad excuse? Is God, whenever you stand before the throne, going to be like, you were pretty busy, man. I get it. I get it. (laughs) No. 
Likewise, just because we love one another, we don't want to start fights, we can't be people that don't speak up and ask the hard questions. We can't be people that, at, that don't ask each other to, to lean into some stuff. And again, I want to make sure that I say all this with, with the, like, I don't want us to change our gracefulness as a church. That really does come from Ronnie. If you screw up, the guy to have as your boss is Ronnie. Because Ronnie will joke around with you about it. He's not going to rub your nose in it. He's not going to make you feel bad about it. He's going to be really graceful to you about it. And we want to keep that, but also add, like, some tough question in there. For ourselves, sharpen one another. Develop one another. Ask one another to do the thing that said we were going to do. Like, that's what we're after. And it also needs to look like you pursuing growth in that role, not just other people. So even though we are going to try to create more consistent categories or like uh, pockets or you know, ministries in these kinds of roles in the body, and we might have people leading those. We might have people leading meetings in those and spending time with people in those. It's also on you personally to develop in that role, to read books, plan things, dig deeper, lean into that role, figure out what it means. I already mentioned Emily Mullings and Jam doing that. I think about, you know, uh, Reed and the way that he just serves the church in so many different ways and the way that he loves people through that. I think about Mark and his role with men's ministry and track and that kind of stuff. I love that kind of stuff. People that are looking outside of the typical status quo about being asked to do something every now and then versus filling a role. That's what we're looking for you to do. Start wanting to fill some sort of role and doing it with some consistency. Praise team, you guys can come back up. We're going to do a couple more songs. I'm going to give a quick conclusion. So I want to remind you in, in, in this talk specifically that the, the vision is a church full of people that know their specific role in the body, that are actively trying to fulfill that role, and that are growing and developing in it. And I want us to get excited about that as a church. I think this is cool. Like, I think we've got some real cool stuff ahead for our church. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So start thinking about how you might serve the church and what role that you might fit into. If you're already doing that, be asking yourself if you've really given yourself to that role and are truly pursuing excellence in it or if you're putting up with mediocrity. Let's pursue this idea of communal excellence together as a church. Let's do our parts as the body. Let me say a quick prayer for us, and then we're going to go sing some more songs. Father, you are so good to us, so kind. Uh, It's just really neat that you've called us to get to be together as a family and as a body, with each part doing its own work. I just pray, Father, that our church would, uh, just by way of your Holy Spirit, know what our role is and our giftings are, so that we can faithfully, uh, to faithfully do that. And I pray that you would fill us up with a, a fresh energy and a desire to do that as well. We're just so thankful for this body, Father. Thank you for how you've blessed us, and I pray that you would help us to do everything as if working for you. We love you, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.